no more Mori. It'll uh, it'll cure your ills. Uh, microphone test one two three one two three. waiting for when we get to that. Were you ready for that? Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> it's literally just like, yeah, I was like, ah. Uh, hey, is he going to do it? Is he going right. to do it? Yeah. Had to go there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> On this wonderful Freaky Friday. <laughs> um, How the fuck are you, dude? Oh, dude, yeah, good, good. It's the start of spooky season. It is indeed. What appropriate time to start then with a spooky episode. Well, it can, look, everyone needs to be aware that, you know, all of September is literally Halloween Eve. Yes, it's not one day. It's a little bit more than that. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah for some reason, it's all year round, but, you know. For, yeah, no. For you commoners. Yes, for you common folk out there. It's, uh, it's October the 31st. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, hey, so how was the con? <laughs> oh, bro. Look, uh, man, the con was surreal, dude. It was, uh, man, you know, it's funny. It's funny where this little journey takes you, man. You end up in places like Rockhampton, beef capital of Australia, fucking, you know, fucking cows everywhere you turn, cow statues everywhere. And the convention itself was super cool, man. Like, fucking everyone turned out and by the droves. It was a successful event for the organisers. team did a great job. And 
And here I am fucking sitting at my table alongside all the other VIPs just going, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> I walk past and I'm getting g'days from John Jarrett from Wolf Creek. I'm like, this is fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And, and just, I don't know. I, I, I never in a million years thought I would be on the same row as people like Mark Ratz, who does all the friggin' amazing um, digital art for Star Wars, Indiana Jones and all that. Yeah. And, and fucking Dean Rankine is just one of the greatest fucking legends of all time. And um, then Tim McEwen, one of the, you know, one of Australia's fucking awesome comic artists. And yeah, it, it was a good time, man. And um, I met, I met some good creators and uh, picked up a heap of cool uh, Australian creator material like Spell Kitty and um this amazing comic called Dark Heart from uh, my pet, my new pal Scott Wilson. Right. Um, yeah, it's just a fucking dark fucking uh, horror style uh, indigenous cultural epic that's really fucking really worth checking out. It's fucking gory as shit. I loved it, and uh, that's and, cool. And Scott's a cool dude. So yeah, man, fucking good weekend and. Uh, just uh, decompressing before uh, round two at Gladstone. <laughs> Gladstone! Gladstone! <laughs> Have I ever been to Gladstone? I'm trying to remember. Like, Well, there's a main street. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. I, if, if I was, it would have been like sometime in the fucking late 80s. Yeah. It's a good... Look, honestly, it's worth going to. It's a cool part of town. I, I like it. It's um, you know, it's great because they hold the popcorn in this in the middle of the city, which is right, you know, the main street of town, and um, yeah, it's it's really cool. And um, I'm gonna be doing a panel with uh, Phil Hawke, this amazing eccentric Aussie fucking writer author, who uh, who just put out a book about the thing. And, okay. Uh, yeah, he's very. This guy knows his shit, and uh, we did a ghost tour with him on uh, on the weekend before Capricorn. And did you know Jack the Ripper lived in Rockhampton at one point? I did not know that. Man, how, how the fuck did that happen? Exactly, and he took the time out to murder his wife and three kids and bury him under the floorboards. Yeah, it's like. I looked into it after this ghost tour and I went, holy shit, I think this guy's right. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, yeah. There, yeah, there's, there's a, there is a guy that, um, all evidence points, he is probably the most credible, um, character to have been Jack the Ripper. And he lived at one point in Rockhampton. Fuck. Right? <laughs> Right, that's some freaky shit. <laughs> that is some freaky shit. <laughs> We're talking about on a freaky show. <laughs> that's fucking wow. That's uh, that's wacky. <laughs> yeah. You know what else is wacky? Did you? You know, speaking of starting the show off with all things bros, I don't know what your memories of bros are, but oh god. Okay, look, I come on. I Go on. had what was their big album? Push. 
Yeah. Was that their big album? I had that on cassette as a kid. Um, because they only had one song. No, well, I think they had two or three songs. Okay. <laughs> On repeat. I, I, I remember, I vaguely remember them having another single that wasn't as big as When Will I Be Famous. I think it was right. like Drop the Boy or some shit like that. Um, and it was... Oh, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. They had like three or four songs. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, because it was, it was actually like, I don't know how well you remember the 80s. Um, <laughs> it was a time. <laughs> it sounds like David Lee Roth. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how well I remember the 80s, but <laughs> it happened. I, I do cocaine. <laughs> but it was like cool for 10 minutes to like Ross. Yeah. And then everyone was just like, Oh, they're a bunch of fucking like everyone's just like not they didn't turn on them as bad as everyone turned on Millie Vanilli, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I my only besides the obvious the the chart hits and all that and the Bros mania that lasted has to say ten minutes, and I think that's a generous. Uh, <laughs> that's generous a very generous space. phrasal of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say I. I re- for some reason, you know those schoolyard mythological stories that the kids would tell? Oh, yeah, God. <laughs> mm, okay, so I, I had one about um, the the other guy in Bros that wasn't the brother. Who, uh, the, the drummer from Bros? Yeah, the, the <laughs> no drummer. No one remembers that poor fucker. <laughs> the poor bastard. Poor bastard. But anyway, um, apparently, I don't know how accurate this story was, but apparently he drank his own car. About a liter of this shit. That's, that's have my questions. recollection. Yeah, I have questions. Like how? Like how do you get a liter of your own jizz? I don't know. Like, how, how is that? Like the fucking sheer mechanics are mind boggling. But this is school. This is schoolyard myth tale being shared in the schoolyard. So I know. There's like remember the I remember the schoolyard. Like you know, Marilyn Manson was actually the kid from the Wonder Years and had his ribs removed so he could suck his own cock and all that sort of stuff. And Gene Simmons actually has a fucking cow tongue surgically implanted. Right. Oh, I, mean, I love that shit. I think it's great. Yeah, like you don't get cool shit like that with kids today. I'm, I'm, I'm no, sorry. It's like the internet. Yeah, <laughs> is it on Google? Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. That was um, that was just some of the weird shit that I fucking came up with. So, yeah, <laughs> fucking crazy, mate. <laughs> I'm just like, how do you get? Like, how much would you have to like? How much would you have to spank and store up to get a liter of your own? Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, unless like how do you keep it? How do you keep it fluid and drinkable? I mean, you know, without getting graphic, like yeah, right. You know, it's just, like it just. I mean, uh, you know, we, uh, we've all had sex occasionally with a lady. Um, like, yeah. Yeah, the, the shit goes dry pretty fast. Like, yeah, it just that that was one of them stories, and I don't know why, but it just lingers in the recesses of my memory. That resurfaces when we do episodes like the one we're about to do, and it just comes back and it goes, "Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, fuck." 
Well, I mean, I I remember the big thing about Bross was like that the two brothers were like gay and shagging each other or something because they were <laughs> like that one. Oh, I re- I remember that in the schoolyard because it's like you know oh, they were like really. I mean, they were like you know in the eighties like really pretty dudes. Um, and you know, they had earrings in each ear, which, you know, in the eighties, like, unless you were like fronting a heavy metal band, (laughs) I'm just like, hang on. So bros have earrings in both ears and they're gay, but no one's paying any mind to Motley Crue. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like Motley Crue are actually wearing makeup and chicks clothes, but they're okay. But these dudes... (laughs) These dudes have earrings in both ears and a clean cut. Obviously, that's a clear sign of homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Schoolyards were great. Like, fuck, there's just the stupidest shit ever. <laughs> oh, dude. It's just mind-boggling, right? <laughs> so, oh, dude. Oh, fucking hell. Just, yeah. What a time to have been alive. <laughs> That's all I have to say on that. <laughs> oh, it's just the, the pre-internet days. It's like those rumors. Like, oh no, it's true. Like my, my cousin said so. It's like, yeah. And is your cousin the school manager? That's the thing. You, you, you didn't have social media. You didn't have the 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 the, the fucking dictionary or the the fucking internet in the palm of your hand to fucking look shit up. You just relied on good old fucking wit and a vague recollection, Chinese whisper style. And you just share these diabolical weird stories, yeah. And you know, you know, just little weird things like I don't know why. I just remember like fucking my mates when when uh, Epic came out, uh, the fucking Faith No More track. Oh they yeah. Were just, they were just fucking frothing over Jim Martin's guitar solo in the film clip, just going, Ooh. "Oh man, he's a fucking guitar god, man." You know, just shit, weird shit like that, dude. Sir, uh, Sir James Martin from Faith No More. Sir James Martin. We've, we've got to call him that. It was, it was well established yeah. in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. Just the, the weird shit like that. And I, I just sort of, I spare a thought for the kids of today. And I think, fuck, man, like, I, I really hope that you get cool shit like that. But I highly doubt it. So. I mean, I think the other thing is too, it's like, who are you, like, looking at the current, like, crop of, popular artist today like who are you gonna make stories up about well that's it man <laughs> like, i mean i mean you know what kid's gonna get excited about hey there's a competition to win tickets to melbourne to go see christina anchovy you know <laughs> yeah 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 with, uh, with a signed ed sharan set list oh yay <laughs> yeah um Oh, Taylor Swift's coming back again. Didn't she just come last week? Oh. No, I heard the craziest. Speaking of speaking of Tay Tay, Tay Tay, as the kids as the kids call her, as the cool kids call her. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I heard the craziest shit that like a whole bunch of movies have like shifted their dates because they're worried about competing with. She's got like a movie or some shit coming out in October. I saw the same story. And like The Exorcist has like, and I'm look, you know, I mean, we're sort of on the fence about this whole new Exorcist thing, but I'm like, mm. The Exorcist has moved its release date because it doesn't want to compete with Taylor Swift. Like, what the fuck? What, what planet am I living on? Yeah, this is um, 
this is some really weird new age shit, isn't it? Like, why? Like, why would you fucking care? Like, I mean, all the brainwashed fucking Tay-Tay fans are going to go be I'm like sure that. there's going to be a lot of audience crossover there. I'm, not, I'm sure it's not going to be like people are going to be going, oh, I really want to see The Exorcist, but Taylor Swift has a movie I mean, you, you can see it. You can see it now, some goth kid fucking goffed out in a fucking Slayer shirt and fucking spike chains everywhere just going, oh, fuck, I, I don't know, man. The yeah, exorcist, what, what the juice? Like, oh, jeez, I think I'll go with Tay-Tay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tay-Tay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I don't, I don't want the Taylor Swift movie spoiled for me on the internet. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, it's, it sounds like something straight out of a Price is Right dilemma. I don't know, will you go Tay-Tay or go The Exorcist? Take the Tay-Tay! It's just crazy. And I mean, look, I know shots at Taylor Swift. Like, I've listened to, like, one of her albums. And honestly, there's a couple of tracks I don't mind. I know I'm, like, losing cool cred with every word that falls out of my mouth hole. You feel all right, man? <laughs> but, like, I've heard a couple of, sat- tr- like, tracks. They're not great. I, mean, I wouldn't go frothing at the mouth nuts for her. Like, she's not, like, the fucking Beatles or the Rolling Stones or some shit like that. But, like, I'm just like, you really... You're, you're worried that people are not going to see The Exorcist because Taylor Swift has a... Oh, man, is my fucking finger not on the pulse of today. <laughs> it's a little bit Tay-Tay crazy, right? <laughs> I'm just like, boy, am I not with it anymore, like, at all. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's kind of bizarre, dude. So... Yeah. And also, I'm just kind of like, like, what what are you worried about? Like, I don't think The Exorcist is going to, like, draw in a lot of casual fans on a Friday night, you know? I, I don't think, like, your average suburban mum and dad that have gotten a babysitter for the night so they can go to, the like, dinner and a movie for date night are going to be, like, standing at the fucking theatre going, what do you want to see, honey? Oh, well, golly, Steve, that Exorcist movie looks like it could be fun. Let's go watch it's got two teenage girls in it. Oh, that's, that sounds like a lovely time. Like, I, I think there's a certain, you know, like, there's a, it's not like fucking The Meg 2 where people are just going to go, hey, fuck it, let's go see a movie. Oh, hey, Jason Statham's fighting a big shark. Let's go watch that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I think The Exorcist has a pretty, um, you know, there's a fairly fine demographic that's going to be going to watch that. I don't think it's going to get a lot of casual walk-in traffic, you know? No, no, no. It's definitely not. It's, um, you know, I think they're probably worried maybe some some poor, hapless, fucking, witless fucking teenage kid's going to stumble into the wrong cinema and be subjected to... I was just thinking how hilarious it would be to actually see an audience full of Taylor Swift movie fans watching the Exorcist. Like, that would be some funny shit to, like, see, like, oh, fuck. We accidentally swapped the reels, like, or the hard drive, whatever the fuck they do with movies nowadays. We're playing the Exorcist. (laughs) You can see now some kid that fucking works at the cinema wants to play the ultimate practical joke and there's fucking cinema full full pack sold out ready to you know a little chanting for Tay-Tay they've all got, they've got their Taylor Swift gear on they're ready to rock and the kid flips the fucking film to the exorcist <laughs> yeah I mean, that, 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 that's just fucking that just gives me a fucking tickle man it's just yeah. like just watch what, what, mommy when's Taylor showing up <laughs> and just to make matters worse because doors are now electronic 
the doors are electronically sealed. So there is no <laughs> escape, you little fuckers. And, and, I mean, you know, the only thing better than that would be like, you know, like clubbing Morrissey over the back of the head at one of his gigs and sending Slayer out on stage. <laughs> we give you uh, oh, oh, golly, I hope he plays girlfriend in a coma. God, it's a song! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Tom Arias screaming his fucking guts out and watching Morrissey fans going, make it stop. Yeah. I, I, I gotta say, man, fucking um, back to the convention side, I, I was hanging out with my, my mates at uh, Sons of Obi-Wan. The, uh, there is, yes, eight Sons of Obi-Wan Lightsaber Academy. I'll talk to... We, we can talk about it more on Rad if you want, but they're a cool bunch of dudes. And I thought, mate, if, if you can show me that these lightsabers fucking legit can carve through human flesh, I'm fucking snapping these fuckers up and we're going killing. Morrissey, <laughs> we're talking to you. <laughs> I just had a conversation with someone once. It's like, oh, would you want a lightsaber? I'm like, fuck no. Like, in theory, it's cool, but I would be the dumbass that would, like, probably slice my own fucking arm off trying you to, like, twirl it or some shit. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I can see it now. I've, I've just had this vision of you trying to twirl it and then you've just fumbled. Yeah, it's just like, and hand. then my legs and head are gone. <laughs> yeah. Here lies Jake. Bumbling idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Winner of this year's Darwin Award. <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize. No, <laughs> I think not. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, I also stopped in at Millennium Comics in Rockhampton. Oh, I in... saw that. What a fucking cool looking Dude, shop. One of the best looking shops ever. Best comic shops. They've got a cafe in there called Millways. They got all fucking comic themes. Fucking it's crazy and to me. And look, no shots at Rockhampton. Like, again, like, absolutely no shots at all. But I'm like, that is such a fucking cool shop. Like, in Rockhampton, right. of all places. Like, right. I've got to look at it like local comic shops here in Brizzy and go, I'm having a Homer moment in The Simpsons. That's one nice looking comic shop. Why doesn't mine look like that? Right. I mean, it's spacious. The fucking. Uh, yeah, they've got all the latest stock on the walls. Um, yours truly spent a lot of quality time at the fucking bargain bin basement because, dude, I found just a treasure trove of 90s fucking and even 80s gems in there, like a lot of chaos comics, image comics. I was like, oh, oh that's dude. fucking rad. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got like some fucking, uh, do you remember the Rook? Oh, yeah, 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 vaguely. Yeah, I got excited because I saw part two of uh, The Rook um, with uh, Vampirella. It was called Chains of Chaos, a series. And I went, okay, cool. Oh, that looks cool. I'll put that aside in case. And then sure enough, I find number one. I went, okay, this is really cool because it's a three-part series. And then I find number three. So I've got, holy <laughs> shit, I've got the whole set for three bucks. Yes. That's rad. Yeah, and I got um, Lynch Mob, uh, a one-off issue of Lynch Mob from Chaos Comics that I never knew existed. Just, yeah, just cool shit like that, dude. Like, uh, only in Rockhampton can you find some seriously cool shit. But I think that's the cool, that's kind of one of the cool things about, like, 
I mean, yeah, I can't really call it a little comic shop because I looked at the photos he sent me and went, holy fucking Jesus. Yeah, um, right. But that's the cool thing about like some of those like out of the way sort of shops and stuff like that. It's like you can find all this really funky, cool shit because I feel like, you know, some of like, you know, our stores like here in Britain, it's like mm-hmm. they don't like back issues aren't really a thing anymore. Like everyone's just gone, no, no, trade paperbacks. Like, and it's like, yeah, like trade paperbacks are cool and all, but you know, it's sort of like, oh, you know, not everything's in trade. It's mm. like, you know, there's so many like forgotten little gems and stuff like that. And I mean, even stuff like fucking, you know, like Nightman and like, you know, all the Ultraverse shit and all the Impact comic shit. This is probably a conversation for Rad, but fuck it. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of that stuff just. Well, Night- Nightman's kind of freaky. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I actually uh, found a copy of Nightman issue one because I picked up a copy of Nightman from Millennium Comics. Yeah. Fucking cool comic. Uh, so I've got issue one coming to me in the, in the mail. Yeah, uh, I'm actually planning on tracking down the entire series at some point because, um, yeah, I, I kicked the uh, fuck it bucket and uh, pulled the trigger on buying the entire TV series last week. So well, on its way. Buddy, you inspired me. I found, uh, I found episodes on YouTube, so I've already watched episode one and two. Rad. Yeah. So we'll have this conversation when you've uh, got that series and Oh yeah, I'll be it. I'll be binging that. I remember like vaguely watching a few episodes of it. Um because I think when it was on in the night, I think like we never got it over here really. No, but we I didn't. do remember a couple of episodes playing like really fucking late at night and it was yeah. either on like I wanna say channel ten or something like that. Yeah. And I'm yeah. talking like you know, two, three in the morning. Like, yeah. all the good like, stuff played at, at the worst time of night. Yeah, when you've like stumbled home, like half cut from, you know, going out on fucking clubbing for a night and it's just like, <laughs> oh, it's on TV. I'm just going to sit here until the room starts spinning. Oh my God, they made a TV series about Nightman? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I remember seeing like a couple of episodes and I'm talking like bits, not even like a full episode. Um, back then or it may it may have even been on cable like on Ozstar when that became a thing for like mm. 10 minutes but mm. yeah i i've seen a couple here and there and i look i mean i remember loving the character like i thought he was fucking rad um so i'm keen to jump into that tv series when it shows up yeah fuck yeah dude it was it's um yeah it's one of the gems that just like you said would play at two in the morning just like Werewolf, you'd, I think episodes of Werewolf played at like fucking midnight or something, you know? So yeah. Like, I don't know what the conspiracy is behind hiding these cool shows at the, the most ungodly hours. Well, maybe, that is like, I maybe remember. Maybe for the drunks. I don't know. I remember, I remember like when I was a kid and watching Werewolf, like it was on at 8.30 for like a couple of weeks. And I don't know whether it was like someone complained about like the horror show being on normal TV <laughs> at like that time, but then it moved to like, you know, 10 30 at night and it was the same like kindred the embrace like yeah. it started off at like fucking you know i think it was like half past eight or so and then it moved to like half past 11 and then it was like one in the morning <laughs> like... yeah it was crazy man oh, god there were so many good fucking crazy shows like that and oh, um, eternal night and... oh forever night yeah forever night. sorry yeah yeah 
Forever Night, fucking Eternal Night, idiot. Um, yeah, Forever Night and fucking uh, Witchblade. There was a Witchblade TV series and fucking. I literally uh, just found the Witchblade TV series. Um, because I was having a chat. So girlfriend's over the other night, and she's like. Mm-hmm. She's just started rifling through my comic collection. <laughs> nice. Nice. She's just like, oh, she was packing some clothes away. She's like looking at um, looking at my shelf. And she's like, hey, you've got the old guard comic. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I fucking love that movie. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm reading these tonight. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, then she's just decided like, oh, I'm going to go through your comic collection and read all the cool shit. And she's like, She's like, we're just going through shit. And I was like, oh, you know, you could read Darkness. Or I was like, you know, but she's like, oh, I don't really want to get into like any Marvel or DC stuff because there's too many characters to keep track of and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, fair call. Like, as much as I would love to, like, go, here's issue one of the X Men. You have like probably about five or 600 more to go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm just like, oh, well, you know, there's like a whole bunch of other stuff. So she's like, just found out that I have like three volumes of like the complete collection of Witchblade, and she's like, "I'm reading that, and we need to get the TV series." I'm like, uh, "Weirdly enough, yeah, I could grab the TV series quite yeah. easily." <laughs> Dream dreams can come true. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Your wishes you know, that, about. <laughs> yeah, that's what she is. Like, okay, I'm just gonna like you know, hot girlfriend's just gonna sit here and read comics. So, okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> cool meter just went up. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, fucking cool as fuck. Well, on that note, fucking, shall we, uh, slightly time warp back to 2002? I think we should. Oh my fucking god, it's over 20 years. Jesus, that's insane. <laughs> I love your reactions, dude. That's insane to me to think that this movie came out over 20 years ago because I'm just like. I'm, I think I'm still, like, my brain's still in the mode, like, the 90s were only, like, 10 years ago, right? Yeah, it feels that way, doesn't it? And I love it, because every time we say this, every time we talk about this shit, you go, I'm old. I am, I'm fucking, I'm old. <laughs> like, I'm like Jamie Lee Curtis in Freaky Friday. I'm like the Crypt Keeper. Uh, it feels like 2002 was like a minute ago, man. It's like, I know, man, right? I mean, fuck, we're in September already. What the fuck, dude? Oh, dude, fucking just. (laughs) It's like Morris is up there in his fucking evil satellite and he's going, ha ha, you should fuck with these fuckers and spin the dial on time. Yeah. Oh my God. Why? Why? Why, Murray? Why? (laughs) Anyway, we're going back to 2002. It's only a short one because, uh, you know, 2002, it's not that far away. But uh, this week, as you know, we're continuing on our Blade trilogy. And funny enough, we're doing Blade 2 from 2002. I love this fucking flick. Uh, I know I say that like every time we talk about a movie. I was just about to say this. Ironically, we always talk about movies I love. I mean, this is just like, Blade 2 is like just such a perfect comic movie. Like, it's like it intensely brooding is. and gruesome. Yeah. Like, and I mean, you know, you've got like Tim Bradstreet and Mike Mignola doing the fucking production design for this. It's and pretty like, fucking badass. The designs, which is just like, holy 
fuck, talk about peanut butter and chocolate together. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, you've got fucking Gamo directing, who's like almost right. one of my absolute favorite directors. I fucking love that guy so much. Um, and this was like, you know, his sort of second big Hollywood movie after Mimic. Like, you know, I mean, I think this was like his fourth or fifth movie all up. Cause I mean, obviously I he had like, so yeah. Yeah. I mean like he had devil's backbone and Kronos and then, you know, Mimic and stuff like that. So I think blade two was maybe number four, but fuck man, like such a great like, flick. Talk about taking the Pepsi challenge and fucking kicking it smack bang in the dick and kicking a field goal. That's exactly what Guillermo did. It's like, I love <laughs> the original. Um, I no, mean, the original's brilliant. It's, go back it's a perfect film. Last, last week, just to hear how much we loved it. But yeah, I think this might be my favourite of the trilogy. Like, That's a big one. Like, it's, I think this is one of those ones where I believe this is slightly better than the original. It's kind of um, it's kind of like the Empire Strikes Back of the, the fucking series, isn't it? Well, yeah, it really is. Because, like, I mean, it's like Gamma just, like, takes everything, turns it up to 11, really fucking cranks up the horror element. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like, bigger bad guys, like... More know, intense action. Yeah, like, you know, a lot more horror, like, cool Kick concept. Ass. Yeah. Like, yeah, like another, he another really awesome club scene. Like, yeah, yeah, like the soundtrack still rips. Fucking, yeah. There's, there's, there's so much going on, and the cast. I mean, the cast is fucking, oh, dude. Come on. Well, man. I mean, like, look, any any movie where Ron Perlman shows up is a fucking winner. But it's a good time. You've got, like, you've got Donnie Yen. Um, you know, <laughs> you've got Matt Schultz. Um, fucking. Um, Tony Curran's in there. You got Norman Reedus, Chris Christopherson's back. Like, um, and yeah. Luke Goss of Bros. Luke Goss, <laughs> man, this movie. I swear to God, I remember when this movie was announced. Yeah, and they announced like Luke Goss is going to be the bad guy, and it was in Wizard because there was mm. no fucking substantial. Uh. Sort of Internet. Wizard was, if you didn't collect Wizard back then, you had something wrong with you. Well, that's the thing. It's like Wizard was like your place for like all the comic and movie news um, and toy news and everything else. It was fucking, in its heyday, it was rad. Mm. Um, and they announced it in Wizard. And I was just like talking, I was like, what the fuck? We go from fucking Stephen Dorff, who's fucking cool as fuck, to the dude from Gross fighting Wesley Snipes. <laughs> fucking crack are they smoking yeah he was a fucking revelation in this movie because was he like, just he is like he is such a great bad guy i love the fucking look that homeless kind of fucking yeah post-apocalyptic yeah. look is rad really in it yeah <clears throat> like, but he, he was he was a he pulled a commanding performance into this one he was amazing. Like, he was fucking brilliant as Nomak. Like, he was just, like, you know, he he was badass. Like, the fight scenes were great. You know, he gave the characters so much fucking pathos and stuff like that mm-hmm. towards the end there. 
And, like, he's a dude that, like, really should be a bigger star than he is because, like, you look at him in this and you look at him in Hellboy 2 as uh, Prince Delato, he's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I've seen him in a lot of other stuff and, like, he's a dude that's, like, with Luke Goss, it's, like, if you give him a great director and a great script, he is fucking brilliant. Like, I've seen him in other stuff where it's, like, He's done some like B grade action stuff and he's good in it, but it's just like you're sort of looking at him and it's just like, oh, you're kind of like, Mom, can we have Jason Statham? No, we've got Jason Statham at home. Mm, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. He's kind of like the, 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 you know, knockoff Statham. It's like, you know, he's a, you know, fit looking dude. He's got like, you know, shaved head or the whole bit, you know, British does the action bit. It's like, yeah, he's good in other stuff, but when you give him like, a great script and a great director. He's fucking lightning, man. He's yeah. so good in this. Like, It's a good one. And we'll give you a quick synopsis for your kids. That, how dare you haven't seen this film? How have you not seen Blade 2? Uh, anyway. A rare mutation gives birth to a new vampire community called the Reapers, who attack both humans and vampires. Blade, along with an elite vampire force, is asked to wipe out the Reaper's population. This is one of them fucking just cool-ass fucking movies that, yeah, it, it just has the twists and turns that, I mean, that, look, let's talk about the start of the film. The start of the film fucking kicks things off where pretty much where it left off, right? Cool. And I mean, like, Danny Saber's score on this is fucking rad as shit. Yeah, it's fucking cool. Like, kicking off... In Russia, where we left off with the first film, um, I thought that was a really nice piece of continuity. Yeah, is he in, is, uh, is he in Russia at the start of this, or is he in Czechoslovakia or Prague? I don't know. It, well, I mean, the point is, he's in Europe, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's still in he European Czechoslovakia. They're all the same. Yeah. <laughs> but he's on, he's on a quest to find his mate Whistler, and fucking bless his cotton socks. He fucking tracks him down, and uh, you know the action in true blade fashion kicks off right within oh, the first twenty minutes. Man, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. That opening, <clears throat> like that bit where he like fucking slashes the tires on the bike. That one shot where it's just like one swift movement, movement of like Wesley like fucking the bike up, the bike flipping over him, and him just kind of fucking dancing around it is to this day just so cool. Like, this movie, like, you know, Guillermo sort of was like, oh, I want to make it, like, you know... I, I remember watching the commentary and he's talking about how well Wesley Snipes does comic book poses because Guillermo's like us. He's a fucking nerd. He's a big comic fan. Like, I mean, go, go on Google and look up pictures of his house mm. and sit there and cry because it's not your house. Mm. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> He really knows how to fucking frame his shots. I think uh, Guillermo Navarro was shooting this for him, if I remember, because they worked on a bunch of stuff together and they're fucking, they're such a good team. But he really knows how to frame his shots in this so that they look like live action panels from a comic book. Yeah. Like a really well-drawn comic. Like... I mean, you know, when you got Tim Bradstreet and Mignola fucking doing, you know, <laughs> production design and costumes and storyboards, some of your storyboard shots, so, well, why not, you know? Um, but, man, like, that opening is just so fucking cool. Like, 
And I love that Wesley kind of like he he he's not he hasn't lightened up as Blade because he's still grim as shit. Yeah, but he's having like he's really brought out the Blade as a guy who loves his job in this one. Like he really like, loves his job. He is having fun with this. Like you know. Yeah, he he really gives you a little bit of the enjoyment of Blade, like where he's just fucking up these vampires and having the time of his life. Like, like if you you're know. a vampire and you come across Blade, you're in for a very bad day. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like <laughs> <laughs> running is not an option. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and if you're lucky, it's a bad day that will end quickly (laughs) if you're not if you're like that little fat bald vampire in this it's like oh man you are just having the worst fucking week of your life yeah yeah but like you say man like he takes he takes pride in his work man he fucking takes the time to fucking really really punish the fuck out of these vampires man because he's still holding that fucking deep grudge about these fuckers and yeah he just really fucking goes to town on them and i was I was very interested in what they did with Whistler at the beginning in this story. I was yeah. very intrigued because, you know, in Blade 1, we, we're left to assume that he's off himself, but that's quite the opposite. Yeah. It's anything but it's further from the truth. It's, um, you know, he's been kept in a fucking, you know, in a fucking glass tube full of plasma and, yeah, and uh, Blade fucking wipes out these vampires and saves Whistler. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, I mean, you always got, I always got the impression that, like, he was, Whistler was going to be, like, the vampire's sort of contingency plan. Like, if they ever got to a point where, you, you kind of feel like, <clears throat> you know, the, it's it's sort of hinted at, and I think it's easy to draw the conclusion from like the mythology of these movies that like the, the ruling sort of vampires, like the upper crust, like, you know, dudes that call the shots, not the, mm. not the normal fuckheads on the street. Yeah. They kind of figure blade is just kind of like the cost of doing business. It's like, okay, we'll let him run around and wage his little war. As long as he's just taking out dudes on the street, who gives a shit? Like, you know, he, he, Blade only ever gets to sort of a certain level and, you know, he, he kind of can't push past that level to get to the top guys. Um, you know, occasionally he has like a Deacon Frost, but even the dialogue in this movie, you kind of feel like they let him take out Deacon Frost yeah, because like he was a bit of a pain in their ass. Um, so you kind of figure like Blade's kind of like a necessary sort of like, he's a cost of doing business. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, you know, let him do his thing. Like, we'll just do our thing over here. And I feel like they kept Whistler. Like my take on it was always that they kept Whistler alive as a bit of a contingency plan. Mm. Like, okay, if this fucker with the swords gets too out of line or too close to us, we break out Chris Christopherson and fucking, (laughs) you know, use him as leverage. Like either we turn him and make him and Blade fight. So it kind of fucks with Blade's head or we just be like, hey, sword dude back the fuck up or we fucking kill one of the highwaymen over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that was always my take on it. Yeah, it was, it was good. And, and I mean, again, this is all within the first, you know, 20, 30 minutes of the film. It's fucking great. And it's like these movies are just so, these movies are so lean, but so well put together. Like yeah. there's no, 
bullshit preamble or anything. No. It's just like it's you get the, the story on the go. You know, it's like it, I love that these movies don't talk down to the audience. It's just like here's Blade's world. Blade hates vampires. Blade kills vampires. Fucking pay attention because you're going to be caught up along the way. Yeah. I love that. I mm. love that it's not like, oh, here's Blade's origin and he's like fucking, you know, oh, we're going to waste 40 minutes of the movie of him chasing down Whistler. It's not, no, 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 no. He's found him. He's going to kill every single fucker that's holding him and then free him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. And then no sooner do we get through that and the, the, the pair are reunited and fucking, you know, all is well in the universe again because Blade's going to fucking help Whistler get through oh, his affliction. But first, mm. but first, how good is that opening in the blood bank with fucking Luke Goss? Dude, what a way to introduce your bad like, guy character. Fucking dude, that fucking punches you in the nuts grabs hold and squeezes it's just like holy fuck like and you don't really see that much it's just like i mean i just love that like laugh that he does where they're like oh they think they've just got this victim it's just like oh bad day for you jared <laughs> and he's just like oh you're so fucked yeah exactly <laughs> and like bites that chick on the neck and sends like a metric fucking two liters of blood the same amount of jizz that apparently his drummer drank <laughs> flying across the wall it's like holy shit and it's that whole like ah oh, vampires i hate vampires yeah, like, yeah oh my god who is this fucking guy and when can we see more of him you know yeah and and we do see plenty more of him the, the fucking yeah what a cool introduction man that was fucking brutal and um yeah but um it's it's quite interesting how this story evolves because you've got that first story with Blade reuniting with Whistler, the quest to save Whistler and then you've got the, the introduction of Nomak and then you've got the vampires that want to fucking, you know they they really want to make uh, Nomak's little quest a fucking bit of a fucking, they want to cause trouble for him. So they're going to fucking hook up. Well that's the thing, they, 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 yeah. they're vampires get desperate and like you know they want to team up with blade because basically they can't fucking handle this dude he's, right. he's like death on legs to them yeah and like he eats vampires <laughs> i mean and i love his reaction he's like oh shit sounds like a new problem like, yeah i know oh, he's so working cool. out vampires cool i'm just gonna sit back here and have a beer um, <laughs> um so and i mean you know the, the instructor scott i mean you know we get to meet norman reedus as scud who's like a really cool you know weapons man sort of thing well, that's, it was that was the cool thing about seeing scud was he he was kind of like the you know he was filling the void that was left behind by a fucking whistler and i i was literally that dude in the cinemas that was like pointing at the screen doing that leonardo dicaprio meme going holy fuck it's one of the boondock saints yeah <laughs> but it was cool yeah and, and uh, here's yeah here's it if you haven't seen Blade 2, you can go watch it now because you know that your favourite fucking Walking Dead fucking character is in it. So, yeah, run along and play. Go Everyone's favourite Walking Dead character. Like, Norman Reedus, a.k.a. the only reason to watch Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who wasn't even written into the fucking, you know, he was created for the show. Didn't, didn't exist in the comic at yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really liked Norman Reedus as Scott. I thought he was great. He was fun. Kind of remind me of... Um, 
a certain Eddie Furlong character of sorts. You know? Yeah, like I thought. Yeah, like Norman yeah. Reedus is always good value, man. Like he's always great. Like I've yeah. I've been a big fan of his years. Like he's he's a cool dude, and like it was great seeing him in this. Like he had some fun lines. Like I love the you know the Dark Knight Returns thing when Blade comes back. Like that was a that was a nice little gag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's you the know, thing. The, the... sitting there like arc welding in a fucking harness, watching Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> like it's like. This is the thing about this movie is like Gamma really knows how to like introduce characters in like the coolest way possible. Yeah. Like every character in this movie has like a cool little intro. Like even, you know, the fucking the two vampires that come along in their little funky ninja outfits to like recruit Blade. Yeah. That was yeah, that was cool. I, I love that because yeah, that that that's a whole nother fucking story right there. Like those you know, when, when we see those fucking Matrix wannabe fucking ninja vampire characters step in, um, that was fucking cool. And they're, like, explaining the story to him. Uh, Hot Chick and the fucking Katsu just like, yeah, yeah, we got to fucking... We need your help, Blade. We need your help. And the other guy who I swear to God I, for years, thought was the cat from Red Dwarf. Oh, real? <laughs> for real, man. For years, I was like, is that the cat from Red Dwarf? <laughs> That's gold, man. That's I'm sure, gold. it's not, but <laughs> but um, yeah, the fucking blade just reluctantly kind of goes, yeah, okay, I'll fucking help you with your little problems, fucking whatever. Uh, <laughs> and we're introduced to the blood pack. What the a- cool thing is before we get to those guys is the cool thing is that like. You're sort of like, you know, I, I remember having this conversation, like watching this with a friend. It's like, Blade would never work with vampires. And I sort of turned to my friend, I'm like, he's got a plan, man. He is yeah. like, a, you find out by the end of the film, it's like, Blade had a plan all along. <laughs> I love that he goes to the meeting with his entire fucking trench coat lined with explosives. <laughs> it's just like, holy fuck. Like, Blade is just like the Baddest motherfucker ever. Yeah, that's the thing, man. The the the, the, the great the great thing about this, this movie is that it just interweaves that whole conspiracy angle because the whole conspiracy angles in movies was was all the rage at this time. You know, like with <clears throat> the X Files and all those other films and TV shows. It was like, of course, you're gonna have a fucking plot within a plot within a plot. And yeah. um, this movie's great for that because <laughs> Blade. Like you say, he doesn't go into this stupidly. He's got a plan. He knows what's up. And, he's well, and the cool thing is, I love that, like, the, the, the fun fucking thing about this is that, like, and it's so masterfully done, is that Guillermo manages to, like, and, you know, props to fucking Goya for the script as well. They manage to, like, throw a little bit of shade on Whistler throughout this whole movie where you're just sort of thinking, like, Oh shit! Is is Whistler like, and you like as a fan, you're watching it. And you're going, oh no, don't don't do that. Don't make Whistler a bad guy. That would that would break my heart. That would mm. suck. And then you just like you get to the end. It's just like, nope. Blade and Whistler are solid as shit, and they've got this fucking. They've had this shit fucking. They've had this shit fucking mousetrapped from the start. Yeah, man. yeah. Like, they've just been fucking onto it and just playing the fuck out of the vampires <laughs> yeah it's fucking cool man and the other thing is like the relationships in this film are really fucking awesome like yeah we talk about this a lot on the show and um 
yeah, it's we talked about in last week's episode, Blade and Whistler, their their relationship just really is something that made that movie so special. In this one, we see that continue, but also the the triangle between Whistler, Blade, and Scud. I thought yeah. that was really cool. Just that you know, because you know, Whistler's very reluctant to fucking you know be mates with Scud. He's like. Why are you fucking with my shit? Don't fuck yeah. with my shit. You know? And Scott's like, well, I'm just improving on 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 your shit, old man. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. Like, I love the, that little bit of wit and banter between these characters. It's really yeah, it's great. special. Uh, yeah. I mean, dude, the blood pack. Like, getting, getting back to them, like you were saying. Dude. How fucking cool are those guys? Like... I kind of like walked out of this like I mean obviously yeah you know, it's it's Blade so um, yeah not a whole lot of vampires make it to the end of this movie <laughs> no but, many vampires were harmed in the creation of this film yeah 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 <laughs> but I walked out of this going oh man fuck it would be so cool if like there was a spin off of those guys before this movie. Because they are such a fucking cool group. Dude, like, it was like something straight out of Image Comics, man. Like, it was. It was like Vampire G.I. Joe or some shit. It really it was. was. Like, I mean, like, you've got Assad, Nysa, Reinhardt, Chupa, Snowman, Priest, Valane, and her lover, Lighthammer. I mean... <laughs> yeah, like... Lighthammer was fucking cool. It's, and the designs of them, it's just like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I love Matt Schultz's Chupa. Like, I've, I've loved Matt Schultz and a lot of stuff. Like, I highly recommend anyone watching Talk uh, just to see him playing this fucking badass biker who's just great. Um, you know, then you got Ron Perlman as Reinhardt, who's just, I mean, Look, Ron He's Perlman's great. the fucking MVP of anything he shows up into. Like, Ron Perlman, if you're ever listening to this, dude, I want you to be my dad. Adopt me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you are just fucking awesome in every aspect of the word. Uh, you know, and, I mean, Gotti Yen is like, Gotti Yen doesn't say shit, and he is so badass. Like, I love that moment where you like, the club scene where they're fighting the Reapers, and Donnie Yen, like, fucking slashes that dude up and just like walks towards him pointing like you're fucking next yeah yeah, and yeah. He's like, oh, oh my god how fucking cool are you <laughs> like i mean look donnie yen's fucking cool anyways but yeah like and then, he's and then, and then yeah and then you see fucking six foot fucking seven foot fucking light hammer with his big ass fucking thor like hammer yeah like it's just like jesus christ like <laughs> Complete with all the fucking tribal tattoos that were all the rage still back then. Well, um, what what I think is so masterful about this is that Gamma doesn't waste any of these dudes. No. In the sense of like, it's not like a lot of movies where you'd see all these cool characters and then they just get picked off or whatever. Like every single member of the blood pack, like in the like nightclub fight scene where they first face the Reapers has their little moment to shine and show how fucking cool and badass they are. Like, you get to see Light Hammer use that fucking hammer, and it's fucking glorious. This is like, he damn near takes a dude's head off with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's rad. 
Yeah, and 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 it sets the tone for the rest of the film because you know Blade's got to team up with these guys. They fucking hate his guts for obvious reasons, and and Blade just straight away plays his first stroke by fucking you know planting a fucking explosive device on the back of fucking Reinhardt's skull. Bitch slaps Ron Perlman for like two minutes yeah. and then puts the fucking bomb in his head. Like, I mean, that scene was just great. That was just like... Yeah, it was, that was, it was like, chef's kiss. It was like, Blade is the alpha dog. Like, yeah. do not fuck with him. <laughs> yeah, Blade, I mean, Blade establishes why you don't fuck with him constantly. He's constantly reminding these guys. And and it, the only thing that keeps them motivated is, is their hatred of him. They're just like, fuck you. We're going to get you. I mean, I, I love that scene later on when they're in the club and Ron Perlman's sitting there and he's pointing those sweet fucking razor guns. Yes. Like at Blade. And he's just like sitting there going, oh God, it'd be so easy. And then like, you know, Trooper like taps him and goes, he's got you. And he looks down, he's got like the red dot. Blade's just standing over on the far side of the room, casual (laughs) as fuck with his laser sight and his gun out, like aimed at fucking Ron Perlman's chest. Just like sitting there with a little smirk on his face. It's so cool because it's just like, oh, dude, you are the fucking man. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, man. It was like, it was very, um, it, it kind of reminded me of like the old Spy versus Spy comics and Mad comics. Like, just, yeah, yeah, you, know, you think you've got one over? No, you don't because old mate's got the fucking one. Up, he's got the one up on you, mate, constantly. And that's what how Blade moves. He moves two steps ahead of these guys throughout the whole film. He's just ahead of the pack. Yeah. And, and the, the cool thing is with, with the blood pack is, like, you can actually see that, like, if these guys, like, you know, because as, as it's explained, like, you know, they've been training for, like, what, two or three years or something yeah, yeah. to take out Blade, you kind of get the feeling, like, how cool would that movie have been? Like, because right. it's like these guys, like, if they fought as a team against Blade, they might actually give him a little bit of trouble. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like he's got it over on him because they need him, and he's just like, okay, like I mean, Blade's not stupid. He's just like, okay, I'm gonna fucking take this opportunity and fucking you know, fucking measure these fuckers up. So, it, oh man, I mean, there's so many great moments in this movie where you're just like, oh man, I want to see that movie. Like, oh, it really I want to see, see that Blood Pack solo movie. I want to see like Blade versus the Blood Pack. Like, ah, oh, just fucking stop teasing me, man. Yeah. <laughs> It's a it's a crazy. There's so much that Guillermo just hinted at for us in this film that we could have just seen so much potential spinning oh, off from this. It leaves you wanting so much more. It's like, oh man, like I just like can can like Guillermo, dude, can you just like direct Blade movies for the next couple of years? I know. <laughs> I think he just did that just to really just say. See, I can do a vampire film and better than you guys. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's just like one of those things where it's like, you know, he, like, he, he loves comics, like, you know, and, you know, this was like, this movie, you know, helped him get closer to doing, you know, the movie that he really loved, which was Hellboy. Um, yeah. And, you know, how fucking awesome was that? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's such a great movie. And I mean, the soundtrack, like, dude, when they're walking into... That nightclub was fucking. I mean, seeing a vampire. I mean, like we got a hint of it in like the first one, but like 
seeing a full-on vampire nightclub, like, that was something straight out of Vampire the Masquerade. Like, it when really you walk was, in, yeah. you see, like, you know, these vampires are, like, kissing each other with razor blades in their mouth, you know. That was pretty cool. That, I really that like that. fucking vampire chick sitting there as that dude's doing, like, fucking open surgery on her back or some shit like that. Yeah, like, dude. It was so fucking cool and like okay this is how vampires really party and you just go I'm like oh man that's fucking insane and fucked up and like wow yeah <laughs> and blades just walking into this going what <laughs> it was pretty wild man like yeah it, it really sort of it took the cool aspects of the first film and just elevated it to 10 it was yeah. just so fucking badass and uh it just you know it, it just i love that guillermo just gave us that little exploration of the vampire culture the subculture beneath and um and that nightclub scene you like you said dude that was just like you know hellfire club on steroids oh yeah dude it was just it was amazing and like you know the the soundtrack's great like it just yeah it, it like like you said it really does take everything great about the first movie mm. and just crank it all the way up to 11 like it really does man and uh, you know after all this fucking you know fucking back and forth between the blood pack name reinhardt and blade we um we just you know they go on this quest to find track down Nomak and um you know basically kill him off. Even though it hasn't been quite fully revealed to Blade what the whole purpose of Nomak is, you know they yeah. they've just he's just assumed that he's this rogue evil vampire that's going to give all vampires a really bad day and intention you know and possibly uh you know cause problems for the humans and Blade as well. But that's far from the truth because Nomak is actually, as it's revealed later on, he's the son of the vampire overlord. And he's yeah, also yeah, the, fucking, yeah. And he's yeah, also he's, the brother he's, of he's Damaskinos's kid and niece's yeah. fucking brother. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, oh, yeah, this movie just got even more interesting if it wasn't interesting enough, you know? So we've got this fucking bizarre. Well, yeah, and that's, that's the thing. You 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 discover that like he was basically an experiment because the vampires were trying to replicate Blade's ability to exactly. be daywalkers. Yeah, which I thought <laughs> was cool. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Now, were you like me, where you're thinking like, you know what? This is a really great way to introduce Morbius. When I saw this Dude. movie. My brain instantly went like, okay, Morbius's comic origin is, you know, a bit like, yeah, it's like, you know, he's a vampire created by science and all that. I'm like, this would be such a cool way to tie him into Blade's world is to have him as like, you know, this, this scientist who like, yeah, he's got this blood disease. So he goes to the vampires and is like, hey, look, fucking, you know, cure me. Like, you know, or he's working for them unknowingly. Mm. And yeah, then that's how he develops is like a sort of weird little side mutation of the Reaper virus. Which like, would have been really cool, man. So cool. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, at the time, man, Morbius was relevant in the well, he still is relevant, but he was very relevant in the comics back then. He had his own series, um, more so than Blade, and he was doing quite well. And, uh, you know, but 
as we talked about in the first, in last week's episode, we had that alternative ending scene that gave us a little fucking smidgen of Morbius, but um, there was studio politics attached that didn't allow anything to go further with Morbius. And um, yeah, well, they I feel like point. that's the case with number two. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They kept sort of wanting to give Morbius his own film and all that sort of stuff, which you know, eventually he would get, and it's awesome. I don't care what anyone says. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they, they sort of just never found a way to make it work, but it would have been so cool to have it tied into Blade. Like, I mean, I just think, like, that would have been so fucking cool back, back in the day. Like, yeah, I yeah, mean, I and it would have been cool. And Look, again... I really enjoyed the Morbius movie, but it would have been so cool to see him in like the full nineties outfit with like, you know, the, the leather get up and I know, you know, that was my the purple Morbius cape and all that. Yeah. Like, that was mine too. Like I just I love that look. Fucking props to Ron Wagner for designing that. Like, oh dude, such a cool look. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And it would have been you know, it just it would have been the triumphant chef's kiss in this to have Morbius in this film but when you see the, the, the final product of Blade 2, having Morbius in it would have just really just probably confused it would have, a bit. Yeah, it would. I think if you'd had Morbius, like I always thought like this would be a cool setup for a sequel with Morbius. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think having him actually in Blade 2 would have overcomplicated it. Like, because this movie's perfect. Like, this movie just, like, it hits all the right notes. It's not stupid, but it's not massively complex where you need a degree to follow it or have to have watched, like, 40 other movies beforehand. It's just good as it is. And I think, yeah, if you introduced anything else, it would have overcomplicated it. But I do have to say, also with the blood pack, like, the interaction between Chupa and Whistler is fucking gold yeah that was some cool <laughs> shit right like um <laughs> i love that line i just i just love that fucking where chupa turns around and he goes listen shit kicker you're one cunt hair away from hillbilly heaven and chris Christopherson's <laughs> just like oh i love it when you talk dirty <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. those two fucking hanging shit on each other through this are just great and th- the way the trooper gets taken out when we go into that awesome fucking action piece in the tunnels yeah. is cool it's like whistler getting his own back on them was fucking cool like yeah. that was rad yeah it was really fucking cool like the, the the team gets ready to go down to the tunnels to fucking track down nomac um because the reapers are you know they're starting to spread you know nomac's fucking assembling his own little army himself. Um, well, that was the cool thing. Like, that was fucking crazy to me. It's like when you get down, when they got down in the tunnels and you see how many yeah. reapers there are, yeah. like, it's just like, whoa. Yeah. And that's the thing, man. You got to love the fucking reapers because I, I, I don't know. It was just like fucking shades of the strain, fucking before the strain, you know, just these, these fucking vampires that were, you know, just the whole jaw opening and these fucking tentacles and shit was, that was some masterful fucking special effects. Yeah. I mean, that was the cool thing. I mean, like, I really feel like, um, the strain was, uh, like 
sort of, I mean, because, you know, Guillermo wrote it as well. Mm. Um, I mean, I love that series. Oh, like, fucking, dude, it's yeah. fucking gold. Mint. Um, but I really feel like him doing the strain was basically like him going, mm, I really like, because, I mean, you know, he's a monster guy. So he's like, you know, hey, I really like that monster I created for Blade 2. I wonder if I can get a little bit more mileage out of that idea. Mm. And he totally does. And I mean, the strain is just, it's another fucking Guillermo masterpiece. I could go on about that forever. I mean, you know, like, I mean, some of the characters are introduced as there. It's like, oh, I feel like you'd be at home in a Blade movie. <laughs> um, Pretty much. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, man. Like, I mean, that's, that's the cool thing. It's like, I mean, the Reapers were just such cool bad guys like i mean just the concept of them it's like okay they're like vampires but they're supercharged they've got this fucking crazy ass fucking half predator mandible thing um you know they're like their bones are super dense so that it protects their heart and shit like that like you know they have to feed every few hours like the the effects of them like being turned are pretty much instantaneous. Like, yeah, it's like, it's such a cool idea. It is, man. It is. And, and you know, the, 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 the special effects for these creatures are so fucking well, like you really got to fucking give it up for the special effects team. Like the work they do on these, on the makeup and effects is just so fucking, it's part of what makes this movie and this series so fucking memorable. Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, and when we get down to the tunnel sequence, fuck me, dude. This is some heavy shit. Like, wow. And it's one of those things, man, where it's like <clears throat> this movie has just so many cool blade moments. Like that moment in the water where he's just like <laughs> you obviously do not know who you are fucking with. It's yeah. just like <laughs> You're just sort of like sitting there watching it. And you're just going, nope, Wesley, they really don't, man. They really don't. They have no respect for how much of an absolute fucking badass. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's a fucking, it's, yeah, it's a fucking cinematic triumph, this film. And it, seriously, if you haven't watched it, like this sequence alone is fucking just one of so many good sequences. Well, and it's it's another great sequence where, again, masterfully, Guillermo, like, frames so much stuff like it's straight out of a comic. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, pretty much. As, as he says in the commentary, he's like, Wesley Snipes knows how to do superhero poses like no one else. And he's fucking right because, like, you look at the way Wesley moves as Blade and it's like he is very conscious of what he's doing. Absolutely. What he's creating with this character and making it look like, making it look cool, making it look like, you know, what you would love to see in the comics and stuff like that. And again, he gives the blood pack all their moments to shine. Like, you know, Ron Perlman gets his moments. Like, yeah. Um, well, that's, the, the only member of the blood love pack it. that really kind of didn't, do shit was Valaine. I was about to say she <laughs> she, she kind of she was the weak link. She was yeah, I think she was the bench warmer for this film, man. She <laughs> she, uh, she was kind of like you know it's, it, it feels like they recruited Lighthammer and he's like, can I bring my girlfriend to work? Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> and they're just like, oh for fuck's sake, look, we yeah. need a big dude with a hammer, I guess. Like if she's fine, bring her along. Yeah, <laughs> she's just kind of like uh, it's just like she's kind of. Don't do much except 
cry a lot and die. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like... <laughs> I gotta say, man, the the Blood Pack's fucking armor that they get kitted out in for the scene is so fucking cool. It's like stormtroopers. Oh, yeah. Would be envious of the, the gear they they wear. It's very cool, black yeah. metallic armor. Um, yeah, they really they really go into battle for this sequence. And um, Scuds made Blade these cool fucking UV fucking grenades that are gonna really cause problems for the the the, the Reapers. And uh, yeah, and but you know, as we find out later on. There's plots within plots within plots in this film, and uh, oh yeah, yeah. Just when you think the, the obvious bad guy is the bad guy, nah, uh, there's another bad guy. You know, there's there's deceit at every corner, and um, yeah, fucking dude, yeah, that whole light hammer, fucking Valeri, whatever her name is, fucking sequences. Uh, I love light hammer, and and I feel like she just weighed him down as a character. She was much. like I said. It was kind of like, oh, can I bring my girlfriend to work? It's just like, oh, for fuck's sake! Like, it was a very, it was a very, yeah, bring my girlfriend to work moment. And you know, when they when they take on the fucking reapers, it's so brutal and shit. Like these reapers are fucking deadly as fuck. And uh, eventually, one of them gets into a scuffle with Lighthammer, and he uh, he gets a little bit of a bitey bitey on the neck. Yeah, he gets bit. Yeah, and he has he tries very hard to hide this, and uh, he kind of almost gets away with it till the transformation takes him over. <laughs> and, but you know, we, we see we see how fast this virus works. Uh, mm. You know, once you've been bit, it, it's fast acting. Um, so it's pretty brutal how they transform, and uh, yeah, fucking when Lighthammer reveals as as a as a reaper it's fucking that's crazy shit man. yeah it's, it's it's pretty pretty cool and then what i mean you know she's just like oh, i'm gonna run away into the sunlight it's like oh, what the fuck? yeah what is with you yeah what is with you what is with, why are you here like why are you here like everyone else in this team is awesome like nisa kicks ass like she's rad you know you got fucking snowman you got all these other cool characters like you know, just like whooping ass left, right, and center, take it out. Like, did she even ever take out a Reaper at all? Like, I don't. No, I don't I think so. Honestly, recall if she did. Like, it's probably been you know maybe a month since I watched this movie because it, it's in fairly regular rotation. But uh, yeah, it's just like, oh, Valeria, like you are just kind of hopeless. Yeah. Like, like, and you ran away into the sun. Like, how did you? How did you? Like. Did Lighthammer just like pick you up at a club one night a couple of weeks before this movie started and bite you and turn you? Because you kind of shit as a vampire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you, you broke the first rules. I'm going to run away from the monster into the sunlight. Like, oh, chick, like, you're really bad at this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bad. But, um, but when we when we get to you know the the confrontation with Nomak, it's pretty full on. Like we, you know, as you mentioned earlier, the the autopsy of a of a Reaper reveals that these guys, you know, they, they only have a weakness to sunlight. How funny is that scene where they're trying to get Scud to like poke the thing, and Blade's just like sissy. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like Wesley brings like that's the cool thing about these movies is Wesley brings that there are some 
funny moments in these movies, but they're not stupid funny. They're not like they're they're like funny moments that come out of the characters being who they are. They're not forced humor like a lot of well, Thor Ragnarok. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Love and Thunder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's just like yeah, the, the humor is very well done and very smart and doesn't feel out of place. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, as we find out throughout this film, we find out that Nomax's motivations were pretty simple. Um, you know, he yes, he wants to destroy the vampire nations, uh, especially Dad. He runs the really just well. Yeah, Nomax got daddy issues. He's got so, major daddy issues. I I, can, I I feel for the dude. Like... Well, because he's betrayed by his own family, and he wants to, you know, he basically wants to eradicate them and. Uh, yeah. And take out the rest of the vampires as well. So, um, yeah, and uh, that, um, yeah, skipping along a bit, but that battle scene between Blade and Nomak is fucking gold, right? Before we get to that, like, that, I mean, that, that fucking, oh my God, like that, that fight scene is like, you know, <laughs> to, to paraphrase old Jack Burton, it really shook the pillars of heaven. Um, but there is one shot in this movie that is one of my favorite shots of all time. It's when you see, like, after Nomak has stormed the vampire fortress and the camera starts low and it's just this pile of bodies at his feet and it just comes up on Nomak just, like, howling. He's got the full mandibles going out. Like, it's such a great shot and such a great comic book pose. And I'm just, like, I've, like, screenshotting that and sending it to Adam and going, we need to do shit like this in the comics. Yeah. This is fucking rad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. Like like you said before, Guillermo is just, he's a fan. And his attention to detail in this film with these poses is so fucking cool. Like, the camera work is so fucking pristine. It's just, aside from being a cool shot, it just really shows the power of this character. It's like, this dude has just taken out, like, he's got, like, you know, 20 or 25, 30 corpses at his feet just piled up. And he's just, ta- these are all, like, you know, elite vampire guards that this dude's just fucking wasted. Mm. And it really shows the power of the character. Like, it's such a cool moment. Yeah, absolutely. It's fucking great. And, you know, as we get as we get into the fucking the battle sequence between these two, I mean, they're pretty fucking evenly matched for the most part, um, which is quite interesting because, you know, Blade's established himself as this one hell of a martial artist. He's fucking, yeah, he's fucking skilled beyond skilled. And, uh, yeah, the battle between him and Nomak is fucking, I thought that was fucking brilliant. Like, it just, it really raised the bar. And, I mean, I I, I kind of like, I kind of love that, like, Nomak pulls some fucking WWE shit and kind of goes off the top rope, <laughs> throws a few elbows into Blade. I'm just like, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was some cool fucking shit, man. Um, and again, you know, the camera work in this is fucking pristine. The fucking the fight choreography is fucking great. Um, yeah, it's... It's it's another quality reason why you need to watch Blade Two if you haven't watched it, or if you haven't seen it for a minute, fucking yeah, go back and watch it again because the fight sequences are fucking brilliant in this film, man. Probably probably some of the best in the trilogy, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, easy, easy peasy. Like, yeah, 
Well, it's it very much um, it very much does like yeah, it it like like we've said, it takes what we saw in the first one and really cranks it up to 11. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's like, look, all Blade movies have exceptionally great action sequences. I mean, you know, we even get a repeat of like him fighting his way through Frost's henchmen from the first one. We get that when he comes out of that bath full of blood and, you know, catches his sunglasses and yeah, that was cool. through, like all of those fucking guards, like again, the all, all, to the, all to the sounds of like Crystal Method, like yeah. fucking, kicking it up a notch. Again, fucking um, hopefully, we're very happy to see this. <laughs> yeah, it's a product placement, um, yeah. Um, but you know, and then has that like great moment where he slices poor old Ron Perlman literally in half, <laughs> oh, dude. That was that was probably one of the best fucking kills in the movie. <laughs> And I love Rob Perlman's line just beforehand. It's like, well, as my daddy used to say right before he killed my mama, <laughs> you want to get something done, you got to do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking cool, man. And, um, yeah, I fucking, uh, yeah. I, I, this movie just ends on such a fucking good note. Like, um, yeah. Well, it's kind of like, I, I really like this sort of, you know, I, I love the fact too, which is something we haven't really touched on, and I won't I won't spend too much time on it. But no. I like the fact that it's it's like there's this sort of respect between Blade and Nisa throughout the whole thing. Um, you know, which is sort of weird for him to like sort of be having. I never read it as like he was falling in love with her, but it was like more of a camaraderie thing. Like it was a deep, her. it was a deep emotional respect. Yeah. And I really like that, you know, I mean, firstly, I love that, like, you know, when he finally does kill Nomak, like, Nomak's almost glad about it. Like, I mean, I, I love that last line of his. Like, it's such a it's such a great Guillermo del Toro moment and such a classic monster movie moment where it's like the monster's glad that his suffering is over. Yeah. Like, you know, like, he, he fi- finally kills him and, you know, Nomak's just like, oh, it, it hurts no more. Like, you know, which is really like that's a poetic universal monster shit right there. Um, and then you know, there's that great moment where like you know, niece has been bitten. He she doesn't want to turn into a reaper, so like Blade just like sits with her as the sun comes up, and she just like burns away. Um, you know, it's just it's it, like there's a lot of really great sort of you know, it's not all blood and guts and action. There's no. some really great character moments in this as well. Well, that's um, it. I mean, Guillermo's got a bit of a romantic bone in his body, even, you know? Like, oh, well, I mean, Jesus Christ, like, it, that's that's a shock to no one that's seen, like, you know, Hellboy or Shape of Water. Or, yeah, exactly, like, right? You know, Crimson Peak or anything else. It's like, Guillermo's a big old softy, which is, you know, why I love him. Um, yeah. I just want to give the guy a hug. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. Like, he, 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 he ticks all the boxes with this film, and that's why it kind of makes Blade 2, like Blade, a perfect film. It's yeah. It's just like the the fucking the the playoff between the characters. The as you say, you know, Wesley could fucking he could have been that that guy and just you know done like a uh you know just I want to I want all the the focus on me me me. But no, he spreads the love in this film, dude. And we're yeah. you know, the the character play is so nicely done. I mean, that's the thing. Like he knows what 
makes a good film. Like he knows like you need a good solid bad guy. Like, yeah, you know, he's not like some of these dudes like Seagal and stuff like that. And, you know, even like old good old Vin Diesel to a degree, it's like they get so focused on making themselves look cool and look tough and stuff like that. They forget that like to do that, you need like a really good opponent, which is, Mm. You know, this is something that goes all the way back to, like, you know, guys like Stallone and Schwarzenegger. They fucking knew this shit. Like, Van Damme. It's like, you got to have your bad guy be a credible threat. you got to have, like, you know, your supporting cast in that. Like, you need all of these things to make your hero fucking heroic. Yeah. And if you don't have those, then your hero just looks like a douchebag. Pretty Um, much. And that's the great thing. It's like, you know, everyone, like, you know, the blood pack get their time to shine. Whistler gets his time to shine. Like, I mean, you know, Whistler's got some of the best lines in this movie. Like, you know, I mean, yeah. I love when they, they find out that Scuds betrayed them. And I was Blade just thinking like, that. that reveal of like, you know, the like Scud, Scud does his big speech and like, you know, oh, I'm not going to, I'd rather be a pet than cattle. And Blade's just like, two things. Number one, I've been onto you since you got turned. Number two, the bomb's not a dud. Fucking nukes him. (laughs) He just get Whistler sitting there going, oh, I was starting to like him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The reactions are fucking part of what makes this film so fucking cool. And that, yeah, that that farewell to Scud was fucking poetic, man. I love it. That's that's the cool thing, man. And like I said, it's like there are some funny as fuck lines in this and moments um and but they never feel stupid or out of place like they feel like they've you know they're those great sort of 80s action movie kind of lines of like yeah you know fucking cool cool one-liner walk away from the explosion sort of thing like in all the best ways yeah absolutely Uh, and I mean, you know, the the ending, of course, where he finally catches up with that little fucking fat vampire in the the peep show booth. Oh, dude, <laughs> that was funny as fuck, dude. <laughs> that was such a great little coda. Like it was a great little end cap. It's like the the scene from Russia in you know, in the in the, the first uh, one, the first one. Yeah. Like it's just such a great like. Yep, and Blade's back to work, kind of. Well, thing. that's it, man. Like you know, that's thing. Blade in Blade's world, the work it never ends. He's like the Punisher, man. It's like, yeah, we just we just keep on keeping on. It's like, you know, Nomak is, you know, he's lost the battle. Fucking the the, the vampire conspiracy's over, but yeah, Blade walks away from that, and, and he's you know, I, he's a little bit heartbroken that Nisa's fucking dead. That was a bit of a interesting reveal, but mm. um, but then he fucking yeah, straight off to a peep show to fucking take out fat little vampire. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like you know, he's sort of like blades. Blades a guy that like it, it's it's kind of cool because it's it's a good thing for the character, and I don't think it it makes him less one note than he could be because it's like. You know, he does He does feel emotions. He's not completely shut off like a fucking robot. I mean, you know, it's like, well, he fucking spent, like, you know, how many years scouring the earth and murdering vampires trying to fucking yeah. pull his surrogate dad out of a fucking vat full of blood. Either yeah. that or it was just a big country and western man. <laughs> um, 
so it's like the dude does feel emotions, but he's like, you know, he feels it, but then it's like, you know, he just refocuses on the mission to deal with it. Like, and that's really kind of cool. It's like, it's not, he's not just like a, I don't care. It's just like, yeah, I do care. And that sucks, but you know, I'm just going to throw myself back into my work to deal with it. And, um, you know, I'm going to fucking that little fat shit that I let get away earlier. I think I'm going to track him down and take out my bad day. Well, him. that's the thing, man. He, he, he never, he never forgets okay. any of, any of the, the the people that he's after, you know, like it's that that just shows just the tenacity of his character, the, the fucking determination. And it's a fun little throwback to the start where he says to the guy, "Catch you later." Yeah, 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 yeah. And he kept that promise. He really did. You're gonna get a fucking sword through the head. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, fucking Blade Two. What a fucking cool movie. No doubt the DVDs. Uh, the Blu-ray is packed with fucking. Oh yeah! Look, the the Blu-ray and the DVD um, are both just full to the gills, full of great stuff. There's a great commentary from Guillermo. Um, I think there's actually two commentaries from Guillermo on there. Um, I think one's with uh, I want to say one's with David Goya, and one is with. Um, I think some of the special effects guys and art designers nice. and stuff like that. Nice. Um, there's loads of great special features and docos on the entire production of it. Um, I believe there's some deleted scenes, um, music videos, trailers, the whole bit. Like it's it's yeah, it's well worth the get. Absolutely, man. And uh, yeah, and and like we said at the start, man, this sequel. <laughs> Is uh, quite possibly superior to the original, even though we love the original. So it's a, you be the judge, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel I feel like this is like the most horror based Blade movie. Like, I mean, look, yeah, really technically they're, they're all, you know, technically they all have horror elements in there because I mean, yeah, there's, they're fucking vampire movies, yeah. So naturally, but I, I really feel like Blade Two is the one that leans more into the character's horror roots than any of the others. Um, Absolutely, which you know for me just makes it my fave. Like it's it's a great monster movie, it's a great action movie. Like yeah, it's just. I mean, yeah, I, I just you know one of one of the other things too is like I feel so great and lucky that we got these movies at a time when DVD and Blu-ray were at their height because all of the DVDs and Blu-rays for these movies are just chock full of fucking cool features and stuff like that. So, you know, if you're a fan, you can just fucking dive right into them and they're loads of fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and that's, again, you know, that's half the fun of fucking going, taking the commitment and, and getting the DVD versions because you get all these cool extras um and and again you know getting that commentary from your your creators uh fuck who doesn't want that shit so oh exactly man and you know i mean look look, let's face it i i honestly feel like every home should have a copy of the blade trilogy like yeah it's 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 like it's like aliens or terminator or fucking you know uh, yeah it's like the lost boy don't don't worry about the fucking never-ending fucking dross that is the fucking mcu universe current just fucking yeah get get yourself the blade trilogy and That's fucking like, your, your home is not a home unless you have this movie yeah these movies, like, yeah it's it's one it's one to satisfy the fucking vampire fans but also the action fans because uh man fucking wesley cranks it up a notch in this film and it's 
And yeah, you, you just can't help but get up and and fucking clap at the end. Oh, dude, totally. It's it's yeah. it's yeah, it's it's a great flick. And I mean, I I look, I saw this in cinema like the day it came out. Like nice. Ten ten in the morning, I was there. I think I blew off like either work or fucking classes that day. Whatever I was doing in two thousand and two, it was a long time. We ago. applaud your level of commitment. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. It was like it's it's sort of like you know, <laughs> it's the yeah. same as when Deadpool came out. It's like. I'm going to see Deadpool opening day and I don't give a fuck what else is going yeah. on. <laughs> fuck the rest of the world. Comet could be striking the earth. Jake's going to watch Blade 2, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, fucking next week we fucking dive into the, the end of the trilogy with Blade 3. And uh, yeah, man, that's, that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, a movie with a very uh, troubled production history, by all accounts. Well, it should be one for a good conversation, I reckon. So, yeah, <laughs> looking forward to it. And, uh, of course, tune in tomorrow for Rad. Uh, apparently, we're, yes, we are a little bit late on this one, but Terminator 2 is the, uh, we're going to keep the sequel train rolling and uh, celebrate a certain anniversary with. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, Hey, it was judgment day last week. It was, it was, we we, we need to observe it. (laughs) We have to. And I'm sure there'll be many. Even a fucking nuclear apocalypse won't stop us from fucking giving you radness. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of Skynet references to the current fucking state of affairs in the world. So <laughs> it's gonna be good. Skynet, otherwise known as Morrissey. And next week, also next week, I believe, mm. uh, it is the day next next Friday will be the Freaky Friday before Oz Comic Con. Yeah. We will be uh we will be at Oz Comic Con, so you can come along and see us then. So, you know, prove Pre- fucking preserve pre-book fuck whatever <laughs> just be there do the thing and uh yeah come and see us we'll be talking all sorts of shit live and in person um <laughs> it's gonna be there hilarious will be, there will be less swearing <coughs> but more morrissey jokes oh will be plenty of morrissey jokes <laughs> so bring your favorite pol- polyester sweaters we'll burn it live on stage yeah 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 <laughs> But uh, other than that, man, I'm glad I'm glad we did this one. This is a fucking banger of an episode, and fucking um, yeah, fucking can't wait for next week. It's gonna be fucking. We rad. will be fuck yeah, fuck yeah. We will be back tomorrow for radness, and uh, yeah. Till then, stay freaky, you fucking awesome motherfuckers. And um, yeah, go by blade. Yeah, the end. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Have a freaky one. We'll see you tomorrow. Adios. And that concludes another episode of Freaky Friday. If you haven't done so already, like and subscribe to the Rad channel. There you can get a two-for-one of Freaky Friday and Rad. If you haven't left a review, leave a review. Five stars or more will keep you safe. Until next time, stay freaky. <laughs>